Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We are here on the Believe in Ball podcast, and the Indians are off at the time of recording, but we want to start off with a Tampa Bay review. Carson, you took in two games at lovely Tropicana Field. The Indians lost both (laughs) games you attended. How was your experience? I felt like a bad luck charm. I didn't even get to watch the one win, but... Going into the weekend or the week, I was like, well, we got Kluber pitching on Monday and then Carrasco on Wednesday. I'm going to see two great pitchers. And Bieber was the day I missed on Tuesday. I, I didn't think that Bieber was going to be the one that put up, puts up the best game with double-digit strikeouts while Corey Kluber gets pulled in the second inning and Carrasco just gets outdone by uh, Blake Snell. And at the time of the uh, purchasing of tickets, when I got Wednesday's tickets, I actually the Rays had not announced their pitcher yet, so I didn't know it was Blake Snell pitching. And then I woke up Wednesday morning, I was like, oh. Okay, great. So I figured that out and then got to watch a no-hitter for seven innings. But um, the entire time I was there, like, there's way more Cleveland Indians fans in the stands, like I said. It was uh, the Rays fans were getting a little feisty, though. There was a couple of Indians fans that were taking it in, and Rays fans started talking a little trash, and uh, some of the Cleveland fans got... I didn't see any fights, but I, I definitely saw some shouting and some strawberry faces of women yelling at young frat kids. Yeah, there was, um, on the TV broadcast for all the games, it sounded like an Indians home game. And then Andre Knott was tweeting about how gross Tropicana Field is, and there was some Rays fans who were really, really offended by that. I just think it's funny when you say there was, like, arguments back and forth, because you watch the game, it sounded like an Indians home game. And you just think there's probably, like, several thousand true diehard Rays fans, and they're the ones that are just, like, defending the team's honor but like it's just not it's almost like sad (laughs) not to crap on the rays too much well the first game i got to the the first game i got to sit with a group of friends and we were surrounded by indians fans but the uh, the second game i was with my mom and my brother and um the two seats next to me were two old ladies probably like at least in their 80s and just singing there ringing the cowbells which can i say it's the worst tradition in baseball is the cowbell i cannot stand the cowbell those old ladies, I wanted to take that cowbell out of their hands and just crumble it. But I couldn't bring myself to do it. I had to be the polite fan. I sat there very calmly. I, uh, I got up and yelled. Like The only time I did was when Jose Ramirez hit his home run, and that was really the only time that I could have done it during that second game. But 
Overall, Tropicana feel not bad. Expensive drinks. Um, I didn't actually get any food there. I went to Ferg's across the street, and that's the place to go if you ever make it down to the Trop for the uh, the remaining, what, two years that it's going to be there, or three years. How much money did you spend on drinks? Oof. I mean, between me and the old lady, it was definitely not a cheap trip for the first game. The second game was a little better because I went with mom, and you know how moms are. They, they, help, them, they help you out a little bit. She, had, she went with her two young boys. I'm always just curious about beer prices. I was at with my friend in Anaheim, and I'm pretty sure he bought a $20 beer. So just oh. knowing like all the prices everywhere, it's just insane. Be like, oh, I'm just going to get a casual beer, and it's 10 yeah, I think bucks. the most I ever spent at a sporting event was actually a hockey game for the Lightning, and I spent like 15 bucks on a beer there, and Jeez. that was just a regular, regular Miller Lite for a 16-ouncer. So I basically paid – I almost paid a dollar per ounce in the beer. Yeah. So you were at both games, both losses. You missed Josh Donaldson's debut, but <laughs> we could talk about Donaldson. In his debut, he blasted a few balls, didn't hit home runs, and I don't want to just be like, well, it was make that's still good, but I mean, he looked fine. He looks healthy with this little um, so-called controversy of some other AL contenders being upset about the circumstances of his trade. Uh, I think he's been healthy the whole time. They just put him in the minor leagues just to make sure for a few games. I think like it, it was definitely good to see him play very vers- versatile out there in Tropicana Field because it is kind of a weird turf they have out there. There's no, like, obviously he's not going to deal with the warning track out there except for the balls that he hit would deal with the warning track. But it's like a very slick turf they have there. It's not like the normal field that he's going to play when, when he's in Cleveland or when he goes to Boston or Houston in the playoffs. It's very different so watching him being able to like go out there and make those great plays that we saw him make this weekend he made a couple of them on defense that was uh that was pretty good to see uh, the second game he didn't start but he, he got thrown in there as a pinch pinch hitter in the eighth inning after they pulled blake snow yeah he got the start tuesday it was interesting both games because tuesday's game we kind of saw the new alignment with kipnis in center field ramirez at second donaldson at third but then i mean the game you were at the last one it was, I believe, was it Geyer in right? Um, Rajay in center, and then Melky. No, no, no. Geyer in left. Mm-hmm. Rajay in center, Melky in right. And that was <laughs> pretty much three reasons why Blake Smel- Snell almost threw a no hitter. <laughs> Eric Gonzalez <laughs> got the I start. Perez like, got the start. Yeah, I mean, I thought like it was going to be an interesting scenario just because I know we were facing a lefty and he likes to change up the lineup for a lefty, but that was. And then as soon as like the no hitter's over, then he just throws in, and the next at bat he throws in Yonder Alonso. He gets a hit, of course, and then uh, they threw in Josh Donaldson. I thought they were going to throw in Yon Gomes because um, Roberto Perez actually got pitch hit for, but never saw him go out there. Yeah, he got. I'm pretty sure Donaldson pinch hit for him, mm-hmm. and then they put Haas in. Which that reminded me watching the game, they're like, "All right, Eric Haas is now at catcher." I'm like, "Oh, I forgot that roster call ups happened." Yep. We've seen Brandon Barnes play. We've seen Haas show up a few times and few guys out of the pen, but I'm like, they're pretty much just running out the regular guys. Yeah, basically. I mean, and Brandon Barnes has actually been pretty uh, effective when he's yeah. gone out there. I mean, five at-bats, he's got three hits. He actually has the, the highest batting average on the team the last week. Yeah, it's just kind of, I mean, I'm, my point from that is I'm watching these games, seeing some of these guys, I'm like, oh, I forget that it's already mid-September. And I think Tuesday's game really offered us an accurate view of what we'll generally see, maybe not with Hopefully. Bieber though. Yeah, that then that was a big concern this weekend too. I mean, I, I know the Rays are a hot team, and 
God forbid they make the playoffs and we have to play them, but it's just like it seems like our pitchers were not as effective against their lineup, which on paper is really subpar. But, I mean, Corey Kluber gets pulled in the second inning, and G-Man Choi just demolished his former team against, against Carrasco and against Kluber. He hit the game-winning homer on that, that Monday night game, which I'm standing up on my feet clapping like for the last out, and just if you could see my heart shatter into a million pieces, it happened right there in the uh, the third baseline of Tropicana Field. Yeah, I want to talk about that game real quick since you were there. Very weird game. The Rays employed their bullpenning strategy, and then the Indians also had to employ theirs because Kluber only lasted an inning and two-thirds. What was kind of your reaction when he got pulled? Did it seem like, I mean, every time Kluber gets pulled or has a bad start, everyone goes, he's secretly injured. Was he... Was it just clearly not working earlier? It just seemed like it, yeah. yeah. I mean, because the way my seats were, I couldn't really see the strike zone, but obviously, like, his strikeout-to-ball ratio was not that great. But, like, I was down on the third base side, so all I could see was the strike call whenever the umpire made it. But, yeah, they were just getting to him early, and like I said, it was all the big bats. It all happened in the early innings. Like, at the first inning, he was fine. It was the second inning where he gets rocked, and he goes out there, loads the bases up, and then uh, walks the winning, the winning uh, the lead, leading run by hitting uh, G-Man Choi, which at that point it looked like Kluber was just angry. He's like, I'm done with this. He throws the ball at him. But, yeah, it was just – it wouldn't say it was like a – I mean, it's not a bad – it's not a good outing by any means, but I'm not going to let it derail my hope for Corey Kluber in the playoffs. I'm, I don't really have, like, that much hope as of right now. But, I mean, we've seen how this team can be in the playoffs. And now giving him this rest so, so he's not going to play on the Friday game that you're going to. So, uh, I mean – Maybe this rest will help him out a little bit so we can kind of get in the flow of playoffs, and hopefully that'll work out when we get Trevor Bauer back as well. Yeah, so in the same game, seemed like it was over. You're standing up. Then Brad Hand allows a single. Was it in, in any doubt, or did the home run basically shock you? Like you said, your heart dropped. It just shocked me. Completely shocked me. Were there a lot a bad, of Rays is... fans cheering, or was it mostly sad Indians fans? There was a lot of Indi- uh, Rays fans that actually left. Of course. So uh, it was, there was a lot of sad Indians fans. But, their, I mean, there was still some race left. fans there. Yeah, basically. The one bus. <laughs> but, uh, I, no, I, there was, like, it was complete shock, honestly, because this was Brad Hand's first blown save as an Indian. Like, he has been our most dominant pitcher. I mean, outside of Oliver Perez, he's been our most dominant pitcher that since we've gotten him. So seeing that happen, I mean, it was kind of a heartbreaker, but seeing how consistent he's been, and he came back uh, Tuesday night and just pitched a beauty, and in uh, relief, so I don't. It's not derailing my hope by any means, but it, it was definitely a shocker. That outing kind of, I think, brought to light the fact that relievers are still human. A lot of people get mad at Cody Allen, but in that game, he came out and pitched an inning. Yeah, and then and Brad the Hand, like you said, it was his sixth blown save, first with Cleveland, but he had five in San Diego pretty early. So he comes over to Cleveland, looks good so far, but I mean, if you have any sense not you but if anyone has any sense of an mlb season you can't just look at one small sample and say oh well he's way better than cody allen no he just blew all the saves early so he blows one now like anyone's capable of doing that so yeah you can't just i think i'm more impressed with the rebound like coming back on tuesday and pitching an inning and a third with uh no hits allowed like that's what i wanted to see like i get everyone's gonna have their blown saves every now and then i mean just ask andrew miller and cody allen but to see him come back and rebound nicely, as Cody Allen has kind of done since his uh, his false rings earlier, like last month, it feels a little good to see. Like a, Cody Allen really hasn't had a bad outing since that Kansas City outing. So 
If the bullpen can find consistency, and plus Andrew Miller has looked great in his two games back, we should say that as well. The two games that he pitched in the trap were just perfect. He allowed just the one hit. So, I mean, if that trio is on point, on point, as well as the rest of the bullpen like they were on Monday, then I think the Indians are in good shape. Yeah, I I really don't have any worries with the bullpen. I think as we've seen the past few years, once it gets to the postseason, we're, we're only going to see a few guys. And I mean, we in the 2016 postseason, we only saw one seven-game series. So that's a different scenario. But I mean, in the ALDS even, and hopefully they get to the ALCS, unless it goes like six or seven, we're probably not going to see a lot of like Adam Simber or Neil Ramirez, given they make the roster. So, I mean, that's what Shane Bieber's there for, and... Adam Plutko, if the team decides to use him, or Josh Tomlin. Yeah. And like we said, Mike Clevenger, although he should be in a starting rotation if it goes to a four-game series. Or, I mean, a five-game series. Yeah, and speaking of Tomlin, this episode's going to post Friday. So if you're listening to this in the present, I will be at the game, and Josh Tomlin is getting the start, which should be fun. Not at all, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure... I went to a lot of games last year. I've only been in the home opener this year. But last year, I think I saw Tomlin pitch like four or five times. And every time, everyone in the crowd is just waiting for a home run or no ground ball outs. But, I mean, I I still have faith in him, I guess. Uh, He's just – his struggles this year have been, like, immeasurable at this point. Like, he's – in his last two games, i got to give him credit. He hasn't allowed an earned run, but – Aside from that, it seems like every other outing he pitches. I mean, his first how many outings of the year, he just kept allowing homers after homers. Like, there was just no hope for Tomlin like, like to, as a starter at the start of the year. And even in the bullpen, like, he really has not been that successful. He's still sitting there with a 6.63 ERA. So I, have, I can't say, like, I've been impressed with Tomlin. He did finally get a win on the, uh, that awful September 8th game against Toronto. But uh, I don't see him starting at all in the rotation. I... He's here, obviously, just for as a placement starter. I think once they get their playoff rotation set up, like once Corey Kluber comes back and makes his next start, then we won't see uh, Josh Tomlin pitch as a starter again. But, you know, I, he's got a special place in a lot of people's hearts, obviously, with the 2016 postseason, but it's just he's hard to watch now. Yeah, his season started. He pitched against the Angels. I remember staying up late. All, not that I'm a little kid, I have to stay up late, but it was a late game, and... I was excited early in the season. Indians put up two runs in the top of the first. We're like, all right, we're rolling. It's fine. Tomlin gives up six in the bottom of the first, including a Mike Trout home run and a Shohei Otani home run. Stays in the game, leaves after three innings with a 24.00 ERA. And that's basically been how a season's gone. Defined by that one start. Hasn't gotten any better. He hasn't given up eight runs every outing, but... It's just kind of weird to still see him getting time on the team. I get it. He's just like he's a replacement this week so Kluber can get back in a normal schedule toward October. But, I mean, I, I really hope he's not still a member of the Indians in 2019. I don't see yeah. any way he is. No, I, I, it just doesn't make sense for him to stay on the team at this point, which is sad to say because, like, yeah, remember that uh, that picture that circulated uh, last offseason with Carlos Santana and Josh Tomlin in the pumpkin patch. That's uh, maybe he'll maybe he'll go join Santana in the pumpkin patch over there in Philadelphia. He might. I'm sure he'll get a job. Like oh, if yeah. you're someone who can stay. I mean, if he stays healthy, just to eat up innings. I mean, baseball's so weird. If you're a rebuilding team, you're like, all right, who are some really average players we can throw out there and have 
200 innings or whatever. Tampa Bay. There you go. He Tampa could be Bay, their number maybe. two starter out Give of two. <laughs> well, can you imagine Josh Tom- Tomlin as a number two starter? They had that Tyler Glass now kid, which actually pitched a pretty good game at first, but he, uh, he ended up getting choked up there against um, Shane Beaver on the other side of the mound. Yeah, so with, yeah. with Tomlin starting, we'll transition away from him because – I don't think Josh Tomlin's a very <laughs> favorable topic for most fans. Um, the Indians' final homestand begins today, with it being Friday, with this being published. It ends next week with a Sunday night baseball game against the Red Sox. The Indians, w- barring a Twins magical run and an Indian slump, the Indians will have clinched a division by the time Boston comes to town. Yep. Is there any real significance to this? Ho- by the way. Yeah. I was hoping that the Indians could pick up a few wins in Tampa so I could show up to the game with my flag, have a few beers, watch a division clinching game. It's still possible, but at the tonight on the Thursday of this recording, the Twins would have to lose, and then they'd have to lose tomorrow, and the Indians have to win. But I'm not staying around the park till midnight or 1130. Well, so... The magic number is three right now, right? So it is three at the time tonight. of recording. We have a Twins game later tonight. Because they beat the Yankees yesterday. Do we know what time the Twins play tomorrow? On Friday, they play at 8.15. So the Indians game will be over, barring extra innings or a Josh Tomlin home run fiasco. But I want to ask you, is there any I mean, big significance or things you're watching for in this homestand? Or is it just more continuing cruising to the postseason? I mean, I want to say it's uh, it's going to have some importance to it because obviously we're going to be playing the Red Sox and Cleveland. But at the same time, like at the time of that game, we'll probably have already clinched. And I just don't know. Like at this point, like we said last week, we're not going to pass the Astros. There's they're not going to get ahead of them and get that home field advantage for that series. Yeah, they're ten back now. Yeah. So it's just at this point, it feels like it's going to kind of be. And I wouldn't even say a drive into the playoffs because right now it feels like we're stumbling into the playoffs, which is. Not a bad thing by any means, because we've seen the Indians go red hot into the playoffs like they did last year and what happened. So I just want, like, I I would like to see them put some kind of effort in and maybe get a glimpse of what we're going to see in the playoffs, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's just kind of like a half-hearted game where we saw lineups like we did on on Wednesday with just unrecognizable faces in the outfield. It's just, it doesn't... It doesn't feel like these games matter to the Indians anymore, and it looks like they're playing without like that same kind of motivation of it mattering. Like I think Jose Ramirez got that home run yesterday because they just they didn't want to get no hit. But aside from that, then it didn't feel like they're playing with that much heart unless they play like we saw on Tuesday. Yeah, I feel like last season would have been similar to this, but there was that win streak, so that kind of made that whole three week span seem like it was the playoffs. I think everyone's a little spoiled in twenty sixteen. It was just excitement about getting back to the postseason. 2017 had the win streak. And once the win streak was over, they built like another five-game win streak or something. So it was competitive. They got the number one seed this year. It's almost like watching the Cavs where you knew they're going to be in the playoffs. And they might have some bad games and some fans will go wild on Twitter. But you're like, these don't matter. Like with the Cavs, it was they're going to be in the finals. And they would sometimes do bad at the end of the regular season. But... I mean, no one should have gotten too upset. And with this Indians team, I mean, they could essentially lose out, which would be horrible. I'm not saying I want that to happen, but they're going to be in the playoffs, win the division. It's just there's no 
outside reason to be excited this year. Yeah. It's just tedious at this point to kind of watch these games until October comes around, which I guess is a, not a it's bad a good thing. problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least they won't be tired, you know. They're, they're, I guess it feels like they're resting up, and maybe that's what they're doing. And if that's the case and they come into October, like, guns blazing, red hot, then it'll make it all worthwhile. But for now, it's just kind of trudging along, watching some of these games. And, I mean, two of these series are against sub-500 teams. I mean, you've got Detroit coming to town, and Detroit has just been kind of a nuisance all year. And then the White Sox are just... I mean, they're kind of dead in the ground at this point. It's almost like and spring the Red training. Sox are still playing good. Yeah, yeah. But the Red Sox are still playing good. Like they're oh, coming yeah. they in. They have hundred wins. Still, re- still red hot. Like it makes you think maybe the Red Sox are going to be tired when October rolls around. Who knows? They they were trying to get to that hundred win mark for the first time in over seventy years, I think it was. So I don't know. It's maybe it's the same strategy the Indians had last year, and it comes back to bite them. I don't know. They could still be going for that. Uh, I guess, no, they can't get the record now at this point, can they? The Red Sox? Um, they're 146. So if they won out, they'd be 116 and 46. Yeah. Uh, I bet they just, at the end of the season, just rest everyone. Last two series. Not everyone, but just minimal spring training-like games. Because watching some of their games, they've done that as well. Yeah. They're going to be the number one seed. They... They might have home field advantage throughout the World Series. I think they're close to that. Oh, they're going to. The National League, the best, I think the Cubs have 84 wins. And so, they're struggling right now with the Brewers. Yeah. Cubs might miss the playoffs. So the <laughs> National League is where all the wild. Co- I keep checking the standings. I don't know why. For the Indians, I basically know what it is. Um, but it's fun to go in the National League. And see all these races playing out. That is where the competitive baseball is. Or not competitive, but more meaningful baseball where every game counts more. Kind of like how it was watching the Indians that first year back in the playoffs. Or even in the past where you're really fighting for a division. you got the Cubs, Brewers. Out west, you got the Rockies, Dodgers, Diamondbacks. The East, Phillies, Braves. Even in the AL West, you have some excitement with the A's who are just yeah. That's been the fun one to watch going in the American off. League. It's really been the only thing to watch in the American League. And with how well Tampa Bay's played, like you're like, oh, maybe they get a shot at the wild card. They're still way like, because back. Oakland's though. playing so well. It's like they're just the Rays don't really have a chance now, which kind of sucks for them. But oh well. In a normal year, where the Yankees and Red Sox don't go nuts, that Rays team would be competing. But I mean, you have an A's team that's just like hasn't lost in the past few months, and the Rays kind of stumbled along for a bit. And you're just not going to have three ninety-some win teams or hundred win teams yeah. in a division. And I wouldn't even say the Yankees are going nuts. I mean, they're at the point now where the, the Astros are, are, I mean, the A's are one game behind them for home field advantage in the wild card game. Like, the Yankees went nuts at the start of the year, but now they've kind of started to do the same thing the Indians have where they've just kind of started to play a half-hearted baseball. And, like, now they're starting to, like, it's showing in the standings. Like, they've fallen 10 games behind Boston at this point. Oakland's a game behind them. They're, like, they're, they might, they could be very well at risk of playing the uh, wild card game on the road. That will be crazy if the wild card game. I mean, right now it looks like Yankees A's, or it's going to be Yankees Astros. That's really the only variation. But if the Yankees don't make it to the ALDS, it's like you think the two dominant teams have been Reds. Well, the Red Sox are number one. Yankees for most of the year were up there too. And with the way the divisions are, I mean, you might have an ALDS where there's no Yankees team in it, and like a team like the A's could sneak in, which would be really interesting. I'm sure Yankees fans would complain about the division system or something ridiculous. 
Yeah, but Yankees fans complain about everything. Yeah. Like the Josh Donaldson trade. Yeah. Everyone complained about that. I'm just, I just I don't understand why, but all right. I mean, the Indians are well behind. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say well behind. In, like, in the standings, they're behind every other team that's ahead, like those three teams that are ahead of them. So I don't know why they're sitting there complaining when the Yankees just won out and got... Um, they got Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, Andrew right? McCutcheon, yeah, that we were just talking about going to possibly going to Cleveland. All speculation, mostly hope. It is interesting they took Donaldson over. I mean, they didn't take him over McCutcheon, so to say. They just were able to get Donaldson. But you think McCutcheon probably would have been the much more fitting option because you wouldn't have to make all these moves. You wouldn't have to put Jason Kipnis in center field, which... It's still odd Which to see. Never gets normal. Tito's, uh, Tito's been saying like all year, like you're not going to see that. You're not going to see that happen. Like Jose Ramirez is going to stay at third base, and Jason Kipnis is going to stay at second base. Well, guess what? You lied to us, Tito. Because look what I just saw on Tuesday night. Yeah, I wonder if that's a disconnect between him and the front office, or he's just a company guy where he's just saying what it is like at that very moment. I'm kind of leaning toward that, where he, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff keep him in the loop, but. He's like, well, this is a team I have right now. I'm not talking about tomorrow. Yeah, so. that's true. And at that point, like Donaldson wasn't really leaked to Cleveland. Like, yeah, the link. There was not that link and link, like we saw uh, as the trade got closer. But at that point, there were still people talking about McCutcheon possibly coming to Cleveland. Like that was the big rumor going around. Yeah, and obviously, like that's not the case. And hindsight's twenty twenty. But maybe Tito thought something else was going to happen at that point. My main thought from watching the game Tuesday was I felt bad for Blue Jays fans because just two years ago they had a dominant middle of the lineup with Jose Bautista, Edwin Encarnacion, and Josh Donaldson. And then I'm watching the Indians game, and you have Encarnacion and Donaldson in the same order. I'm like, man, the Indians basically ended that Blue Jays, not dynasty, but their kind of golden era, really whooping them in the ALCS. And now they have two of their players as the Blue Jays are headed toward a rebuild. So you had a really dominant era of Blue Jays baseball just wrecked by this Indians team that showed up as kind of a Cinderella team that postseason. And that whole team is just ruined. Yeah. I mean, you had three teams there that were like, felt like huge powerhouses at that point. Like you had uh, the Rangers who are just bottom of the barrel. Uh, the uh, the Blue Jays and now like even the Orioles like were a good team. Back yeah, then. they were now, in the wild card game against the yeah. Blue Jays. Isn't yeah. that crazy? And, like, and now just looking back at it, like it's just a complete turnaround from what things used to be. And not even that long ago, we're talking like what two years? We're talking was wasn't it? Yeah, it was Rangers Blue Jays. Was like that ALDS where there was that crazy finish where the ball didn't go off someone's helmet, like in the batter's box on a steal. I remember that game. I was at. I was in Bowling Green, Ohio in my last At year. At that point, uh, I was still working. Undergrad, watching that game, and I'm like, this is crazy. Cut ahead now. The Rangers and the Blue Jays just locked some guys in the big contracts and just didn't do it properly. And or same with the Orioles. They signed Chris Davis, who is historically one of the worst hitters in all of baseball, to a giant deal. Which was a great contract, by the way. Like Baltimore really got themselves in a great situation. And they have Adam Jones, who refused to be traded this year, which I respect. Um, it's just weird to see the the change. We're talking Yankees, Red Sox, but just a few years ago, we were talking Orioles, Blue Jays, and the Indians. Meanwhile, have been steady thanks to proper building, and which kind of also makes it going back to our earlier point makes it a little boring because they've established such a star-studded group. 
that we don't go into new seasons like Orioles fans. Like, are we going to be a surprise playoff team or are we going to win 40 games? The Indians have arguably three or four future Hall of Famers on the team, potential future Hall of Famers. So there's really no worries for several more years. Yeah, and I actually saw like the entire starting lineup now consists of All-Stars or former yep. All-Stars. So they're Tuesday's starting lineup, not Wednesday's yeah. starting yeah, lineup. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Wednesday's had maybe five. Yeah. And it, that was guess, interesting, though, to have a whole lineup of former All-Stars. It's, yeah. It's, and most I mean, of them homegrown. That's home going to be the playoff lineup. Yeah. If you look at it. Also, to my stealing from the Blue Jays point, Jan Gomes also came over from the Blue Jays in the past. So that is three blue, former Blue Jays who the Indians have in their starting lineup. He wasn't really there for part of their Toronto glory no, days. No, he came. I'm just saying from their organization. Yeah. So he <laughs> could have been their franchise catcher. Maybe we can give Vlad Guerrero Jr. That'd be insane. Just give us all your good players. <laughs> well, they're trying to rebuild with him. And I was hitting like, or hit like almost 400 <laughs> in the minors. And they didn't call him up, likely for service time, which is sketchy. But He's not going to come up at all now this year. At yeah. this point, he, he felt like he would have been called up with the, at the start of September. Which is fine, I guess, if you're already trending towards tanking. 20 games of Major League Baseball won't really change much. Just let him rest and train, but... We've crapped on the Rays' reputation. I have brought sadness to Jays fans. <laughs> We've covered it all, I think. The We're just going to the bottom of the AL East. Yeah, mentioned, mentioned some bad contact contracts in Baltimore. So, Oh, yeah. Successful show, I'd say. <laughs> we will be back to our normal time next week, by the way. We are uh, no more estranged plans that will have us thrown off from our regular recordings, I hope, anyway. Yeah, I... My plans are winding down. This is going to be next week will be a week where I don't really have anything going on. So I'll just be watching the Indians. Hopefully by the time we record in a few days, less than a week, they'll have clinched a division. I am still hoping I might be there for it if I if I do end up staying late and uh, see a little twins collapse. But it's just a matter of time. Speaking of um, for like playoff scenarios, uh, Akron is actually in the playoffs for double A. Uh, they've lost their first two games, but Cody Anderson pitched point, uh, two-thirds of an inning in the first game. So I saw one team was talking crap. I think it was the Orioles affiliate who was like, oh, look, it's the Indians, because well, Donaldson was down there. And it was like, oh, it's the Indians putting major leaguers in the minor league playoffs. And I think the Rubber Ducks or whatever, or someone responded and was like, oh, well, maybe the Orioles will have some good players to send down to you for the playoffs. Like, oh, wait. Oh, so but they had Donaldson down there. Yeah, Cody Anderson pitching. It's just a quick note before we end up. It's it's so weird, the minor league playoffs, because it's like, all right, this team, a lot of those guys have been there for most of the year. And it's like, all right, we're going to give Cody Anderson an inning of work. Be like, and all the players are like, well, we're trying to win this title. But like there's they're meaningless for the organization. Yeah, well, I like his Columbus didn't make the playoffs, but I think they were very close and. And so, I mean, like, if Columbus makes the playoffs, then how many players did uh, the Indians organization yank out of there before, like, exactly. they even made it to the playoffs? So You could be in a playoff push final series of the year and lose, like, five of your best players. Interesting uh, minor league system updates there for you <laughs> as we close things out. Oh, yeah. So, as we've said in prior episodes, we are on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe. We have a pretty good, based on my very minimal research, we have a pretty good set of subscribers right now. Seems like it's almost close to 100. We'd like to get a lot more. So if you are a fan or a subscriber, 
Tell your friends. Tell all the Indians fans you know. We would love a review. Five stars. Five stars all the way. Get us up the charts a little bit. I mean, that'd be not, insane. We don't be the number one Indians podcast, but you can <laughs> put us up there. I wouldn't, wouldn't hurt. I wouldn't be upset if you made us the number one Indians podcast. Five star reviews take about ten seconds. Yeah, very easy for you. Be friendly. Help 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 your fellows out. So yeah, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and we will be posting this episode by the time you're hearing this Friday morning, Friday afternoon. So be sure Happy to check Friday. it out, share it, Enjoy listen to weekend. it at work. East Coast people, stay safe. That hurricane oh, is yeah. like coming for you. I'm, I'm in Florida, so we're actually not getting that one, but I'm sure we'll be bound to get some, so stay safe. All right, on that note, we will see you next week. All righty. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.